This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode 199. Today, our special guests are CNO Roberta Young and CFO Cami Patterson. Roberta and Cami share insights from their strong partnership and lessons on managing the mission margin polarity. Stay tuned. to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. This is the only podcast that shows you how to leverage polarity intelligence, an essential competency for healthcare leaders and the missing logic in healthcare so you can create healthy healing organizations and become a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable healthcare leader. We are your hosts, Tracy Christofferson and Michelle Troset. We've been best friends and colleagues for over 30 years. And during that time, we coached healthcare leaders across North America around how to create healthy healing organizations. Today, we coach healthcare leaders and leadership teams to live thriving, resilient, and balanced lives, combat burnout, and create the best places to give and receive care. This podcast is for the unsung hero of healthcare, the healthcare leader. We want you to know we see you and we'll be here for you each week. In this podcast, we're going to challenge healthcare's industry norms, flip limiting beliefs, and share proven strategies so you can be your best self at working at home, live and lead intentionally, and experience well-being and joy. We are glad you are here and look forward to sharing the journey with you. If you aren't totally convinced this podcast is for you, just listen to a few episodes and convince yourself. Michelle and I are sitting here looking at each other. Go, who's going to go first? <laughs> Welcome to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. I'm Tracy, and I'm Michelle. I'm Michelle. Yes, it welcome, was kind of, welcome. We both took a deep breath. Like, oh, are we both going to go at the same time? <laughs> That's what happens when you're not in the same room together. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Again, we're here. We are from across the country. Yes. Yeah. Had a wonderful interview with uh, two amazing leaders, healthcare leaders, and super excited to share this interview with you. They are definitely a dynamic duo. Oh, yes, they are. They are, and they're living proof of how important healthy relationships are in, in, uh, you know, in partnerships between, especially today, we're talking to a CNO and a CFO. Yeah, yeah. Probably one of the most significant relationships right now in healthcare. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <clears throat> so practice and money. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Just for to sure. boil it down to the basics. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a hot topic these days. A kind hot of. <laughs> kind of. You bet. Yeah. Anyway, they are going to give you some tips on how to be in good partnership together when you're holding two important poles like practice and money. And um, we're going to you're going to learn a lot from them. So let's introduce you to Roberta and Cami and get on with our interview with this dynamic duo. So Roberta Young is the CNO and VP of healthcare of patient care, excuse me, at Lake Region Healthcare in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. She's been a nurse and healthcare leader for over 42 years, and uh, she's had the privilege of serving many patient populations, communities, and healthcare staff. She started her career as a critical care nurse and then worked in a children's hospital as a pediatric intensive care nurse and a flight nurse. 
Roberta has had multiple manager, director, and executive roles. And in 2015, she became the CNO for the Sanford Fargo Market and oversaw the nursing practice in hospital, outpatient, and ambulatory care. In May of 2020, she took the interim CNO role at Lake Region Healthcare in Fergus Falls and then accepted a full-time position there as CNO and VP of patient care. And Lake Region is a small, independent, integrated healthcare system that serves nine communities in western Minnesota. And because of her connections in working with us, this dynamic duo, Tracy and Michelle, having a polarity mindset and growing polarity intelligence is now key to her in her leadership role. And let me introduce you to Cammie Patterson. Cammie Patterson. Cammie joined Lake Region Healthcare in 2019, and she serves as a member of the executive team as a senior vice president and chief financial officer. In that role, she oversees the financial health for LRHC, and she ensures financial reports are prepared accurately and timely and works with leaders to make improvements so that their resources are used most effectively and efficiently. Cami also oversees operational functions, including lab, human resources, supply chain management facilities, cancer care, and their Mill Street residents. Cami holds a master's in healthcare administration from the Medical University of South Carolina and a bachelor degree in accounting from the State University of New York. Cami is also a certified public accountant and a fellow in the Healthcare Financial Management Associations and the American College of Healthcare Executives. So without further ado, here's a dynamic duo of Cami and Roberta. Well, welcome, Roberta and Cami, to an episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. We're so excited to have another dynamic duo on the show with us today. I'm very excited to be here. Yes. Uh, So great. So great. And we really appreciate you just taking time out of your busy schedules. We have a CNO and a CFO, such a timely partnership to be on our podcast today. And before we get started, we just want to acknowledge all of the challenges that healthcare executives have been facing. Um, Not that challenges aren't new, but we know that it's been particularly challenging since COVID-19 pandemic. And we'd like you to start with sharing with our listeners maybe one to two top challenges for your role. And we'll start with Roberta. Uh, What are some of your top challenges as a chief nurse officer? Um, I think it it is to be, there's a couple of things, but one is workforce and then workforce in a type of really, really, really tight finances. Um, And also going about it in a different way. It's just a different beast out there in terms of getting qualified staff, keeping qualified staff that using our contracted staff in a way that still meets our outcomes. Um, and in areas where I've never had trouble recruiting before, it doesn't, it doesn't just nursing, but radiation and pharmacy and just many different roles. It's, it's hard and we need, um, we need to work efficiently, but just, I think workforce is just the number one. Yeah, for sure. And that's what we've been hearing as well. So that's not surprising that that's a top challenge today. Cammie, how about you in the CFO role? What would you say your top one to two challenges are? I would absolutely echo what Roberta said. I mean, the workforce challenges are our biggest um, opportunity today. And obviously retaining and recruiting our high talent is so critical. Um, But I think, you know, personally for Roberta and I as C-suite leaders, really 
developing our leaders in a way that then they are able to keep our high performers because it's much easier to keep folks and have to recruit new ones. But when there are openings um, to be very efficient and be very thoughtful, it's easy to say, well, we just need to fill the spot quickly, but we still have to think about our culture and how important it is to hire the right people. So we spend a lot of time talking about workforce development, which is so critical. Um, And then obviously no margin improvement. And I've been here just a little over three years now. And when I first came, it was prior to COVID. So I came in October of 2019. And at that time, we were in a financial turnaround. So obviously going through COVID has only caused us to need to focus on that even more so. Um, and we just we're so focused on trying to grow our revenues and our volumes because we don't want to keep cutting. Um, but we really look at that margin improvement opportunity and keep that at the forefront of what we do as well. So those are those are the two big things um, that I believe we're focused on. And obviously, Roberta and I are very much aligned in that thinking. Yeah. 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 That's what makes you such a great dynamic duo. <laughs> that alignment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and, you know, these are uh, to Michelle's point earlier. These are what we, this is what we're hearing as well, mm-hmm. right? So the two of you are not experiencing anything that's unique to everybody else. Um, it's just, uh, we're going to have a great time talking about how you're approaching these things. And that's what I'm super excited about. Yeah. And I love the so, way we've already talked about different, you know, I think innovation is so critical today. We have new problems and some of these are old problems that need different solutions. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, that word different or innovation, I think you'll hear that woven in our conversation today as well. Yes, yes. Definitely opportunities, yeah. right? Lots of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of the lens you're looking through, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, like we're on a mission to make clarity intelligence and unconscious competency for healthcare leaders. And um, and that includes having a clarity mindset, healthy relationships, and really meaningful dialogue, right? Engaging in those, um, those dialogues. So, um, to um, to explore the leverage, to explore and leverage organizational polarities, it really requires healthy relationships and the healthy relationship between the CFO and the CNO explicitly. <laughs> and it seems more important now than ever, right, that that relationship be strong and the dialogue strong as well. So tell our listeners just a little bit about your own perspective on the importance of the partnership between the CFO and the CNO. Well, I think from my perspective, I'll just go first as jump in here, is that I've always thought this was important. Cammie mentioned about, you know, really the investment and the time we're spending in leadership development and really supporting the leaders that report to us and then the leaders that report to um, report to them. We're not just looking one level down. But um, it can seem, if you look at this just from the outside, black and white, that you know, finances or mission and margin or are at odds, quality and, and finance, and they're not. And so I think it's really important that Cammie and I really model that, that, you know, can we be the model of that polarity that that we have to keep to the top of both, that they are not opposites, but so interrelated. I know the quality of care, the experience of, of a healing experience for patients do affect bottom line. And, um, and that I also know that at the same time, I've got to get advice from her on how to be really wise about the resources too, that there's not an open checkbook. This is something that we're accountable to our community. We're not for profit. So we're accountable to a community board that we are fiscally responsible and that we understand that and we work with that. And 
And so, you know, one one of the things I think is that perspective, how important this is, is that we've got, we can't have afford to have anybody at odds with anybody else or that we've got conflicting priorities that, you know, where is this a really a both and, and I think that that's important for our words, um, our relationship and, um, and that we work on that. Um, and I guess, you know, I've been fortunate enough. I had another relationship with a CFO as a CNO before, and I always knew it was important. I knew that as a nurse leader, I needed to understand finances a long, long time ago in my career. And so would pick on and make relationships with my business analysts and and really understand that. But also just I think what's gotten clearer to me the longer I'm in my career is that it really is about the relationship. And I so I just appreciate that and that I've got a partner who appreciates the same thing. Yeah, I would definitely echo um, what Roberta was saying. I, I think it's one of the most critical relationships and obviously a lot more focused today. Um, it, there's just so much that's connected to each other when we think about it, and we're organized around pillars. That's just the way we think. But when we look at, you know, whether it's people or the service that we deliver, or quality and safety or our community, all of that comes together in a way that we've got to think how it interacts with each other. Because when we make a, a success or a failure in one of those, it's going to impact the other ones. And I think a great example that we're going through right now, um, we just kicked off our master facility plan engagement. And so yesterday morning for a couple hours, Roberta and I, along with some other um, leaders and providers, um, looked at our facilities. And this is an important exercise to make sure that we're using our spaces in a way that's most optimum so that we're delivering care in the right setting, a safe setting, but also the right setting for that type of care and looking at, do we need new buildings? And so that's just one example where the collaboration between you know, nursing and finance is just so critical in making really big decisions. And both viewpoints need to be represented and other viewpoints need to be represented to make it the best decision possible. Yeah. Absolutely. It reminds me, you know, we've done, Tracy and I've done so much work over the years of clarity and scope of practice with clinical disciplines. And when you think about it, it's no different than at a leadership role. What is the role and the expertise of the CFO? What is that of the CNO? And you, you have to understand it to really get the full benefit of it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned pillars. Um, I was curious if you could share with um, you know with us some of the strategies that you have in place to assure you have a balanced approach as a leadership team to lead and manage the organization. Like, what's working and what are you doing today that's helping you with that? Yeah, so we're really focused on that pillar format, and so we, as an organization, have identified six pillars um, that we feel like really drive all the work that we do. Um, and those pillars focus on our, our people, our engagement levels. They focus on service, um, quality and safety. They focus on growth. And then they focus on finance and our community. And those are the six pillars. And under each of those, um, we have goals. And so we've, as an organization, we've identified maybe 12-ish goals with a couple under each of those. And then further to that, we cascade those goals to every single leader in the organization. So Roberta and I have some of those goals, as do all of our leaders. And it really creates that tight alignment that we're all working on projects that are going to drive those ultimate outcomes that we're looking for. And then kind of that final step that we take when we look at cascading those goals is then we weight them. Yeah. W-E-I-G-H-T. We make sure that 
like an HR leader has a lot of emphasis on engagement. That's just what they focus on and where their skills are. You talk about making sure we're using our skills and bringing those to the table. We want to make sure that our HR leader is really weighted heavily in that way, whereas maybe our controller is focused more on finances where her skill set is. So really trying to make sure that we take all of our goals in that pillar approach um, and cascade them in a way that allows us to achieve our goals. And we talk about our, our goals and every month, you know, we meet with our leaders to make sure we're on track. Wow, let's celebrate. That's great. Or if we're not on track, how do we pivot and how do we figure out how to get back um, to a place where we need to be with that goal? I think, I think another piece about that strategy is that it does um, help us to plate manage too, because it's, it's an overwhelming world out there. (laughs) And so we have to be careful, not only for ourselves, but, you know, for the folks that we lead that it has got to make sense because there's a thousand and one great ideas out there, but for this year, for this time, for this season, boy, this is where the focus needs to be. And how do we help with um, you know, action plans that make sense, celebrations where we can, and um, and just and just help us. I think the other thing about it that helps is the common language, and um, so that you know, when we're talking about service or we're talking about finance and growth, which I I really appreciate that our pillars have not just finance but also growth, mm-hmm. and that you know, looking at that positive and, and staying to the high, the high top about that. Because I think when there's so much going on, when it's a really weird world out there in healthcare, keeping to the positive in our language and, and how we talk about things is so important and it can just so easily sway the other way. So I think a common language and then really that plate management and that we are, we can, we can, how do we, f- we focus, you know, right now is a season, you know, the days of five and 10 year strategic plans just don't happen anymore. Yeah. But what are we going to get done now? What are we going to get done in this next six to 12 months? Yeah, I can really appreciate that, Roberta. And I like the word plate management because that's what we hear all the time. My plate is too full. Things are running off my plate. That's really a great term. And, and it goes along with that whole competing priorities. There's so many competing priorities. So I, what I like, what I'm hearing from you guys is it's, you've got your pillars, you're aligned, you kind of keep a pulse on them and it helps keep things focused, which is really important. It really does. Well, and I, yeah, go ahead. ahead, I was going to say, well, then as you get ideas, so um, we have a great CEO who loves to bring us awesome ideas, but then we can take that idea and kind of use those goals as a sift and say, all right, where does it fit in those pillars? Because as Roberta yeah. said, you know, it may be important, but maybe not today it's not important. And so we can really use that to plate manage and to guide our priorities and make sure we don't get overwhelmed with so many awesome potential ideas that we really focus on what's going to move the ball for us today. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I, I just love your intention as an executive yeah. team to manage the plate because, you know, we're leaders, we want to make a difference, and sometimes we don't feel like we can say no. So when those that are levels up from you don't have that intention and that perspective, then everything flows down, right? And that manager, that director doesn't feel like they can take a stand or set boundaries around what they're taking on. So I love that you're doing that and you're teaching them to do that as well, right? So that that um, that development piece is your role modeling. 
how to how to manage these challenging times, how to leverage these, and how to um, leverage the strengths of the individuals as well. So that's the mm-hmm. other thing that I really like about the weighting of the goals and making sure that you know those that have the strengths and the talents for those particular projects right. are you know mm-hmm. are working in that area because again, sure. that also I think helps with. Um, just the enjoyment of your work, right? If you're spending the majority of your time moving a goal forward that isn't your strength and isn't what you're, you know, you really love to do, then that weighs you down as well, right? Yeah. It impacts that work-life balance and the joy in your work. So I see a lot of benefits out of just that approach that you guys are mm-hmm. taking together and that your leadership team is taking. So kudos to you. I think one of the things has been, I feel like we're just not just scratching the surface. I think we're into it fairly deep, but you know, we have a, our provider group is um, not part of our organization, it's not an employee, so, but have a lot of influence over both, you know, finance, margin, growth, ideas, mm-hmm. great ideas. And I think to just really now extending that common language or really what is a organized approach to really attacking some of those things is really informing the providers. And one of the things that Cami is really great at is articulating to providers really where we're at and in our financial picture, you know, to tell the story and what does that mean at a decision-making level that they may or may not influence. So it's also really bringing, um, you know, our provider group along in this. And we're, um, you know, we've we've done some structural changes with our CEO and the head of their group to help that. But I think it's just important, you know, for other folks to think about, because again, um, it's, you know, the provider group, no matter how it's aligned or organized, are they have formal leadership, but they have a ton of informal leadership that impacts where the organization goes. And so, bringing, you know, being very intentional about that communication to, and again, modeling that great partnership that, that this is not at odds with each other, but are codependent about really the mission and the quality of the organization and the finance and growth of the organization. Yeah, it really points out the interdependencies of all of those things. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, and and if, if people aren't aware of the pillars and where, how they are, you know, how they are connected to them, then you can see where um, it'll just create different actions and behaviors and they may not even be clued into that. So I think it's really important that they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think just that engagement and the, the telling of the story yeah. is what I really appreciated and what you said, Roberta, too, right? It's, this is a story. <laughs> this is, this is a, a journey, right? It's ongoing. It's evolving. It changes. And, um, and there is a story to it to understand, but I think it also gets back to that common understanding and that common language, because what drives us oftentimes to hang on to our points of view is our fears, right? That what we value isn't going to be given attention. And when we can see that what we value is actually interdependent with another value, that it's not about my, what I value or what you value, it's about what the two together and how we leverage them to get to mm-hmm. that greater purpose. I think that frees people up a little bit to be open, to be more open to hearing the story, to understanding, because they know what they bring is valued and they can open themselves up to value that other point of view or that other perspective um, and be more of a partner, I think, in that journey, right? Rather mm-hmm. than um, operating from fear sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's just a, a natural tendency that that we have, right, as human beings. <laughs> so I think uh, we've been uh, alluding to this all along, and I, um, you know, is that one of the core polarities that the two of you are uh, leveraging with your um, with your relationship, and you know, establishing kind of that dynamic balance is between that mission and margin. And that's that interdependency right between the two. And um, and both are important. And you've been talking about that, you know, as we've um, been conversing this morning. But what are the ways you've collaborated, like, on specific action steps maybe to optimize both mission and margin? Maybe a few examples of how you're doing that today. Am I going to go first? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> well, I think we're just, there's one, maybe it's an example, but I think we're, we're embarking on it because I think we both have done this work in other places, but is um, we're going to be looking at um, productivity. And, um, you know, this is one that, to me, I guess I reframe it in my mind already, is this wise use of resources. It's one of the values that we have at our organization is stewardship. And it, stewardship doesn't mean just dollars, but it's really time and the time it takes to give quality care. And I think it's one that sometimes, um, you know, you know, CNOs and CFOs sometimes can be or are perceived to be at odds with. Um, but... I, I guess I just don't see it that way. I, mm -hmm. I see it as a way that, again, I just reframe it in my mind, and I hope that's the direction that we're going to be really giving our directors. But I think it's really important that we're both visible in this and not um, that because there is, you know, Cami, we're, we're both kind of operational too, but Cami's also got human resources and um, and that, you know, that piece of it. But what we're going to be doing is doing a lot of, it'll, it's got to be a lot of stories and that we're not, we're not talking about an inferior quality of care. That's not what we're about. But where are there, there's waste and what we do or how we do things or what are the efficiencies that we just haven't gained yet unless we really embark on this. So to me, like I even count this, I, I use the word joyful, the productivity is joyful, which is weird. Um, but I really think if we can get down to be creative about efficiencies, won't everybody be happier? I mean, who wants to waste time or waste resources or not be a value when you ask clinicians, why are they here? Because they're doing something of value. And so let's make it that way. And But then we need the great finance part of it and really analyzing this and having because we know we're in a human industry, we're human services. And so the biggest cost we have as an industry is our human services. Biggest asset is human services. But so we've got to look at this right. And I, so I'm, I think that that's a specific one that really is going to optimize and really help us both be intentional about leveraging both the mission and margin of it. But that's just one example. That's a great example. And isn't Roberta great? I mean, she just gets it. I would be so scared to go through an engagement like this with a partner that didn't get it. Um, so I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like Roberta. I think I won't, maybe I'm not joyful, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the potential to go through, you know, our staffing productivity because we want people to work at the top of their license and have fun at work and be efficient. And um, there's definitely a trepidation when you talk about looking at staffing levels. 
but you know, as Roberta said, that's a big part of what, that's, that's the biggest part of what we do. So we've got to make sure that we focus on that. And so going through that exercise is going to be important. We've also done some leader consolidation um, exercises mm-hmm. where when a leader has left us, we've really paused and said, do we need to replace that leader? Or maybe there's another leader that we want to develop that's got a lot of potential to take on more. Um, and so we trialed that. It's worked in a few situations. We had one where it didn't work in. So doesn't always work. Um, but certainly that's another opportunity where you can really look at how do you develop your leadership team while also being mindful of um, stewardship opportunities, um, which is a great thing to look at. Mm-hmm. I think it really helps leaders also kind of work to the top of what they can do and seeing that potential in them, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, that's, you know, I, I you know, like, you know, missing logic is a, is a lot about leadership and leadership development. I think that's, it's just key to our success uh, too, is that we're, we're looking at that. And again, I like, you know, Cammy's word of opportunity. It's an opportunity. Let's grab it and try yeah. it out. Do something with it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, and I like Roberta that you're thinking about joy, joy, right. And being joyful in this because I think sometimes we can get just so mired down, right, in it, it's like slogging through the mud, right, trying to get to that end point. And you can get, you can feel the heaviness of it. This is, this is really serious stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not anything to be taken lightly, but if you can reframe it, if you can look at it as this is one of the biggest puzzles, you know, to put together and everybody's got a piece and if you kind of just you know, step into it in that way. Step into it as this is an adventure. This is an opportunity. This can be exciting if we let it be exciting. And so oftentimes it is just how we're looking at it, right? And what we're focusing our attention on. If we're always focused on the gap, then yeah, right? You feel really heavy and weighted down by that. And it just feels, you know, hard. But if you look at, you know, the possibility and the opportunities, then it's like, Wow. Right. Like you can get excited about that. You can get creative about that. So I, I, I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's great. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. And there's, I think there's comfort from a workforce perspective when you are very articulate, articulate that it is both. And you use the word care and cost, which is another word for mission and margin. And then your commitment, Mm -hmm. we're looking at both, you know, to really deliver that high quality of care, um, because sometimes it feels like it might be one more, one more than the other, but it's it's that intention that you're bringing to the messaging, the joy, like Tracy said, and and really what your outcome is. What is your desired outcome at the end of the day? Your greater purpose. That's right. That's great. And while we've done that work related to productivity and margin improvement, we have an equal focus on engagement. We survey our team members every year, yeah. and we take that data. And we make action plans around it. And Roberta just led us through some training. We recognized communication was a gap from our our next survey, our last survey that we had in June. Um, And so one of the tools we wanted to use to really enhance our communication is something called AIDIT. And it's just an evidence-based tool that helps us improve our communication levels. And we did a bunch of training for all of our staff and all of our providers um, as a way to give back and let them know we heard them in the survey and we want to help them be better leaders and better staff members and give them some tools to communicate more effectively. So again, it's that balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's very dynamic. It's always moving, but it's keeping your eye on both. So that's really great. Yeah. That's really great. 
well, what recommendations would you have for other CNO, CFO diets out there to promote, you know, this interprofessional CNO, CNFO, CNFO? I just created a new role. (laughs) (laughs) Blending you into one. CNO, CFO role uh, partnership. What, What recommendations would you have for others? Well, I, you know, just the first off is that, you know, again, we're in a human to human business. You just got to get to know people. And, um, you know, I think that that's, I, I came here a little bit after Cammie, about six months later um, in the interview. Um, she's answered a couple of questions that made me think, oh, this is somebody I can get along with, number one. But she's smart. And so I came into it with that positiveness about I and I, I knew how important that was. This wasn't my first gig in this role. And I, I, it was one of the key roles that I knew that I wanted to be able to establish a relationship. And it was that important. I would not be successful at all unless I had a, a great relationship with the CFO. And so I guess it's that. Like if you just haven't had coffee with somebody and gone out to supper. Um, I mean, it's really about the human-to-human relationship first. And then I think, too, is that just that, I mean, there's just so many gifts and talents that that other role has that I need um, that, um, you know, I think it's acknowledgement for me anyway. I I hope it's acknowledgement of that of what um, I know I don't have that um, she can help me with. Yeah, and that goes both ways. So yeah. I, I agree 100% that human to human relationship is so critical um, from the get go. And that could have been more challenging because of COVID. We both started, COVID was going on, so we had you know to be careful. Um, but we just made a really intentional effort yeah. to get to know each other um, inside work and outside work, um, which I think is so important. And I will just preach to my fellow CFOs out there, get out of your offices. It's so easy to get behind your office and you're working on spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff. The best thing that you can do to partner is get out of your office and ground together. I mean, go grab your CNO and go out and, and go see people together. Show that unified front and that you're working on things together. It's just That's an important part of this. Um, and share information. I think Roberta and I are great. At, I, I don't have any secrets. I don't keep anything. The more transparent we can be, you know, I think the better off too. So she shares what she hears about nursing that maybe doesn't have a direct impact, but if there's, you know, legislation going on, um, we talk about that. Or if I'm hearing things nationally about financial, I share that. So I think that sharing of information and being really transparent um, also helps with that building of relationship. Uh, that's so true. I love how it all begins with intention. And uh, great advice, Cami, for the people that aren't clinical to just learn more and really foster that relationship as well. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask you this. Um, you, what are what maybe is one of the ways that you have done that? That you have really been intentional and connected with each other? Maybe maybe something that's different that other CNO, CFO diets haven't done yet. Like, how are you deepening your relationship and connecting? I, mean, I think, I think Cammie, you think mentioned in stuff. work and out of work. Yeah, I think we tried to do stuff outside. Our our husbands um, now know each other and Roberta's had me over to her house. I've had her to my house. So our families um, now know each other. Obviously, there's a comfort level that comes with that. You got to get out of comfort zone a little bit. But I think that's been huge too, to see each other you know, in our family settings and get to know our spouses has been 
um, maybe comical at times too. So <laughs> well, don't judge me. I might each other. You know, it's like what that end of the day text when, you know, you know, it's just been a rotten or you've maybe you've, you know, felt like you weren't as successful um, as you probably were just fine. But, you know, just that checking up on each other, too, is, I think, important um, because it's there's not so many folks. You don't have that many allies. and, And so just some of that also really helps. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. And um, I I love that checking in with each other, because we need to do that Mm -hmm. more. Right? You don't know, you just don't know what people are going through. And so again, checking in, I think that's great. And not every day is a great day, right? (laughs) So some days are a little bit more challenging than others. And just knowing, right, that you can check in with somebody or that you can just say, hey, I had a kind of a crappy day, you got five minutes, like, right, just letting just reaching out. And I think, as leaders and Roberta, you kind of, you know, just what you said, maybe think about this. So often we hear, right, it's lonely at yeah. the top. There, There's not a lot of people you can confide in, not a lot of people that understand the what you're carrying as the leader of that organization or that system. And so I think it does help to strengthen those relationships and know that you've got an ally, that you've got somebody in your corner that understands and knows that you can share your, you know, your perspectives with your challenges with. And, and I think that's just, that's what I'm hearing you guys are doing. And so I think that's really great. It's really great. Oh my gosh. Good talk for probably another hour and a half here. Um, (laughs) But it's time for the missing questions, ladies. And I know that you have just been waiting for us to get to this time. <laughs> so, you know, we talk a lot about how you are working together as this dynamic duo and, um, you know, and a lot about your professional life. So we have the missing questions just so people can get to know a little bit about each of you as people, people. And, um, and so we're just going to ask a couple questions, nothing you got to worry about, nothing you can't answer. So just, you know, answer from your heart. You won't have any trouble with these. And, uh, and so I'm going to ask the first couple and then Michelle's going to wrap up. So, um, I'm going to start with Roberta. What is one personal characteristic you admire most about Cammie? Uh, she works ahead a lot quicker than I do. <laughs> so I'm always noticing that. So that's my that's one characteristic I love about her. Um, is that uh, she's she's always prepared, always works ahead, just is sharp. She's a lot like Tracy. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I work ahead too, Cami. <laughs> All right, let's turn the tables. All right, Cami, what's one one um personal characteristic of Roberta that you admire? I mean, she's joyful, right? I mean, I just, that that's, that's Roberta. She's um, glass half full. There are moments when I know what she's going through and she'll get on a meeting or get in front of people and she will put on the face that you have to put on. And I'm just at awe that she just figures out how to make the glass half full and really does an amazing job of being positive and being professional despite what might be going on behind the scenes. So always always impresses me. I have a lot to learn with that. Sometimes my face doesn't hide stuff as well. 
<laughs> oh, you guys are just you like are. Michelle and I. <laughs> That's so funny. That's why you're a dynamic duo. That's so right? true. You, you balance each other out. That's what it's all about, right? It's recognizing that. So that's so cool. <laughs> oh. All right. Now this is for both of you. And Cammie, you can answer first. Right? What is one thing you like to do that you think you have in common with Roberta? Um, I think just honestly, just spending time with our families, I think in the summer in particular up here in the Dakotas, I mean, it's just a beautiful time of year. Um, and we just like to get out and enjoy family time and be outdoors and, um, you know, 4th of July cookouts and just great, great times together. Great. And Roberta, how about you? Yeah, you know, you I guess I'd answer it the same is that sure. I think we both, we both know how important it is just to relax and be away from here. And that, you know, Cammie will often say, now just don't think about it all weekend. And, <laughs> you know, that's just an important reminder that it's okay um, to do that. And um, I, I appreciate her saying it out loud. Um, it just helps reinforce, but I just know we've got to be revitalized and we've got great families that help us yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. And we haven't gotten to travel together much, I guess, because of COVID, but we did get to go to Disney World together and we have a picture with Mickey Mouse. So I think we both like Mickey a little bit too. So oh, there you <laughs> go. That could yeah. be in a future presentation. There you go. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I share a birthday with Mickey Mouse. Oh. So there you go. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, I have one wrap up question for you. So you two know very well that Tracy and I teach polarity intelligence uh, to leaders and how to have that both and mindset that, you know, the principles of polarities teaches us that it's not everything's not a problem to solve. It's not either or there are many things that are polarities that seem opposite or conflicting, but we need both of them to achieve a higher purpose, a greater purpose. So I'm going to say a polarity, and I want both of you to think about what your own preference poll is, and then we're going to have you share it with our listeners. So uh, a leadership polarity to manage and leverage is candor and diplomacy. So Cami, mm -hmm. you want to go first? What's your preference poll? Um, probably diplomacy. I, I value them both, yeah. um, but I know the person behind it is going to feel that. And yeah, it's hard to balance those two, but I mean, I think it's both, but if I had to err on one side, it would probably be diplomacy. Yeah, I think candor. I think I do. And I, you know, as far as I first think, I don't always, sometimes you do have to shut that off. <laughs> Called <laughs> like, balance. <laughs> well, it's just another example how knowing each other's preference polls, you can balance each other out. So that's really great because they are both important. Yeah. And yeah. both are. Yeah, exactly. They're both important. It's not. It's not wrong to have a preference. It's just knowing it, right? And knowing how to how to manage that a little bit is uh, what becomes important. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, what a great interview. You guys are awesome. You are a dynamic duo. And uh, we really appreciate you just sharing your wisdom and your perspective with our audience right now. Like we said at the beginning of the show, it's such a timely partnership, timely topic with the workforce issues and uh, some of the challenges right now in healthcare. And you're, you're a bright spot. Did you know that? You guys are a bright spot. 
Uh, to all of our listeners out there, we thank you for joining us for another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic. And stay safe and stay healthy and stay joyful. And we will see you next time. enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.